greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Open the pod bay doors, Al. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. The price is wrong, bitch. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And as always, it's your host, Patrick, joined by his co-host, Pat, finally after about 10 weeks of uh, vacation for you, since you're not a Star Trek person. You furloughed me for not being a uh, Star Trek fan. <laughs> yeah, you weren't an essential employee there for, for a short period of time. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm still not. Still. <laughs> That's true. I'm fortunately, uh, as they heard last week, uh, I am, even though it, I mean, it's nice being an introvert and not wanting to go into the office to be able to work from home and not have this drive me insane. But yes, uh, it, it is kind of a crappy time. I know we need to plan on doing our like top 10 plague movies or contagion movies but we haven't gotten around to doing that yet and we still need to record our one year anniversary episode which will be coming probably later down in the pike but i'm glad to have you back uh, and we're going to be probably back to a new normal um leslie will be joining us at uh some point later on in for, uh, future episodes uh to kind of join us in on film reviews and stuff and some tv shows so once you get caught up on clone wars that's probably when we'll start doing our Clone Wars Season 7 review. That'll be a while. It might be. We'll, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. But I, I've promised a lot of things that we've taken a while to get to. Uh, Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. We, yeah, we still got to get back to that. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's good to have you back. It, it's been a while, uh, at least recording-wise and, and talking about films. It's been a while. And one of the also the other problems during this kind of coronavirus time is – you know, not really being able to get out and go out and see new movies. So we haven't had we've seen Birds of Prey, but uh, we want to kind of leave that to its own thing um, instead of doing that this week. Uh, I know we want to watch uh, Invisible Man so we can cover that. We're going to plan on watching that from soon because we can rent from home at least. But other than that, it's like since this whole thing's been going on, we really haven't had a chance to just go out, see movies and be able to talk about them. So um this week on the episode uh, of the podcast, we're going to be talking about a little bit variety of things. Um, we had a composer who worked on David uh, Texaria's um, project that we covered a while back ago, the uh, Mater and in utero uh, combination, uh, reach out to us on Twitter and asked us to kind of take a listen to a, a piece he's been working on. Um, it's in five parts. It's up on SoundCloud, uh, and the link to the SoundCloud will be in uh, the description of the podcast episode. But he wanted us to like kind of listen to it and give him some feedback, and uh, he didn't really need us to cover it on the show, but um, I feel like 
it would be kind of nice to talk about considering that he kind of has a horror theme element to it and he did work on David's previous work. Um, so we're going to play a short uh, clip of one of the songs that he uh, sent us and then we're going to talk a little bit more about it and then we will move into David's most recent short film uh, that he was having at some film festivals, but due to Corona, of course, uh, a lot of that's been kind of canceled and uh, he released it for about 48 hours on YouTube a couple weeks back. Um, we managed to get a chance to watch it, so we wanted to cover that. Uh, and then we're going to move into uh, a review of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And I don't think we've ever mentioned it on the podcast before, but you and I are big Kevin Smith fans. Yeah, we probably um, haven't talked about it. All. No, I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what my favorite movie is or who my favorite director is. And I, I'm always kind of plaza about it. Like, I don't like giving a definitive answer, but I, I would have to say at least director wise, Kevin Smith is usually kind of my top, top one. Yeah, probably definitely in the top three. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to like comedies and being a guy who went from like nothing to breaking through the indie scene and kind of becoming a fairly popular director. Uh, and I always kind of like his brand of humor. And, and it's also one of those directors that you, no matter what he's putting out, you're going to go see. Or, most likely. Or, or most likely. Bye. Uh, because, you know, people didn't like Jersey Girl. And I'm like one of four people that like Jersey Girl. <laughs> I, I don't care for it. <laughs> so uh, and, and Clerks is usually kind of at least for comedies is one of my top favorite comedies, along with Mallrats. Um, so. The yeah, extended edition, of course, the extended edition. Absolutely. I was actually looking at that the other day uh, and I I did not realize because I couldn't remember if I owned it or not. Uh, I remember when I got it on DVD, uh, it only came with the standard theatrical release. And I but I remember renting from Blockbuster, the extended cut that is over two hours long. And I I'd totally forgotten that. And and the only problem with the extended cut is it's just so poorly edited. Yeah. Because they didn't take the time to re-edit it. Or right, anything. right. But it provides so much more content. It, it's, it's a, it makes it a far better movie. Like, it, it puts in a lot, like you said, context. Uh, there's better story elements. Things make more sense. Uh, it, it's just funnier overall. And, and a lot of his um, extended cuts, like even with Clerks, the 10th um, anniversary edition that was an extended one. That one uh, is really good, too. Although I think it has the alternate ending where Dante, um, spoiler alert, gets murdered at the end by uh, a robber. So, um, yeah, of course, if that ever had gone out, we would have never gotten the whole view askew universe or anything like that. But, yeah, he's definitely one of those directors like. I don't love every one of his projects. I think everything leading up to Tusk, I have like a love hate relationship with overall. It's pretty good, but there are some things I don't like about it. Yoga hosers, which you liked. Um, it was, it was decent. Well, you liked it better than I did. At yeah. least uh, yoga hosers was one. that was just like, I just didn't, it didn't speak to me. Like I, I didn't care for it a whole lot. Um, and it was just really, really weird. Uh, but I was a little kind of not sure how Jane Silent Bob reboot was going to be. Uh, I liked the trailer and we'll play the trailer before we actually talk about the movie. Um, but I think you and I both were kind of pleasantly surprised when we finally watched it. Definitely. And I, I, I didn't like the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very, very, 
skeptical. Yeah, about how I was going to feel about the movie, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely uh, interesting. So, but before we kind of go ahead and jump all over the place, we're going to talk about the third. Too late. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always all over the place with me, uh, unless you're listening to the Star Trek Picard ones, where I have the copious notes of everything that happens in sequence. I'm always all over the place. Uh, but let's talk about the third a little bit. And um, I know since I kind of run the Twitter. Uh, you haven't had any experience of talking with him, but he seems like a pretty nice guy. Uh, we've had a nice back and forth. I feel really bad because I had intended to be talking about this work like a long time ago. Uh, but work and, and doing Picard reviews, it all kind of like fell by the wayside. Uh, so like last night, we were all sitting outside, social distancing around a fire. Uh, and we finally listened to to his uh, pieces and it's really good. Uh, I was really surprised by um, the quality he put into it and his uh, description of what his work is is um, I got it right here. Um, it's a musical journey of the everyday struggle of good and evil inside his head. And at the time that he originally sent us the, his works, it, he had three pieces. And by the time we're finally covering it, he has a total of five. And each um, each piece has a very interesting title. Uh, the first one's I'm in an in parentheses, you're the enemy. Uh, the second one being inner monologue can be a motherfucker. And the third one is bottom of the beauty fourth one is uh fuck your glass house which i think but for me it was in between which of the was the best of the five tracks it's between bottom of the beauty and fuck your glass house because i'm more of a i like piano and keyboard uh so i since uh bottom of the beauty had a lot of that uh featured into it it like really struck me more but there are elements of fuck your glass house which is the one we're going to kind of play a, a short like 30 second uh clip of here in a bit um that i felt was really powerful too it kind of has like a violin sound to it and um it was it was good as well so it was really hard to choose between which ones and then the last one being the new norm or new normal and I think you and I both, while we were listening to this last night, um, we were going, oh, this would be like right at this scene of a horror film. Like uh, the one was like, uh, I think it was the second one, the inner monologue one, where uh, it felt like it was the moment where like the final girl is discovering the bodies and then it builds up to a crescendo to where it's like now she's being chased by the killer. And so each each of these felt really good. And I think was it bottom of the beauty was the one where it was like, it was nice and calm. And then it got to like, as you said, the, the bass drops <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, then it was like, it really picked up in speed. So what, what other thoughts do you have before we play kind of the, the clip do you have on his pieces? You know, I, I was, I had to look it up, but there was a YouTube channel that does like short horror films called alter. I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. It's one that I completely forgot about that. I've watched like probably 15 of them in a row. Yeah. It's a, it's like, a really hey, good, it's a really good YouTube channel. Um, but it's definitely something that would fit like those kind of short style horrors. Right. It just perfectly. Absolutely. And, and like we we've said and, and have um, watched like he's he's worked with David before. So, I mean, like he's he's I think definitely got the um, horror theme pretty spot on. And I can't remember 
uh, for play, pause, kill, if he did the score for that or not. Um, I don't remember it in the credits. And since it's the links privated again, uh, I don't know. I'll have to reach out to David and see if uh, he'll let me know or I could reach out to the third and, and see if um, he worked on it. But if if he worked on play, pause, kill, he's did another good job on that or whoever, it, who, regardless, whoever worked on that, did a really good job with the score for that as well. Um, so we're going to play now a short little clip of, of one of the tracks and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it and then go check out his uh, SoundCloud. As we're just listening to that, um, I, I kind of remember one of the things, one of the thoughts I had last night. Um, that has a kind of Halloween feel to it. Like a, it's got a John Carpenter esque um, feel to the to the score. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it kind of feels like the just if you go back to the opening of Halloween and it's the piano and it's I'm, I can't imitate that sound really well, but if you if you were to play those tracks kind of similar, I was you were gonna try. no, <laughs> I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> so, uh, but when you have the if you were to play those tracks back to back, you could definitely feel or or see some similarities and potential influence on it. Um, so I definitely have to recommend, uh, going to SoundCloud and following him. Um, if you want to search for him, it's, uh, the third with, um, in it's T H E no space. And then T H three, the number three R D. Um, that's how you'll be able to find him on there. He's got all of his other previous works on there and you can follow him on Twitter at, uh, DM music third again with a three, um, the, with the numeral three. And I will have more of his links, uh, in the description of the episode, but I, I, I don't know more what much else to say about, uh, his work other than it's, I was very impressed. You never know when you're coming across some of these SoundCloud artists, what type of level you're going to get with quality. And uh, now I had a high expectation for him having heard his work with with David, uh, but it was uh, really a pleasant surprise. And like, again, either if it was for a horror short on altar uh, or for an actual film, I could I could hear his his score in a horror film, maybe mm -hmm. more independent at this point. But I could see him have a full score for a full film. Oh, definitely. Um, so. Definitely check his work out. Um, do you have any other thoughts, uh, comments you want to make on his work? Well, I just hope that everyone's able to find it. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it took me a second, but I also had to, since I had the links to to his uh, 
to his pieces, I was able to then go back and like, oh, this is how his username is. Uh, I'll make sure that all that information still is in the description of the episode so you guys can find it and go and follow him, subscribe, whatever. Uh, you're you're not going to hate what you hear. I think it's really good work. Uh, I appreciate him reaching out to us and, and uh, you know, asking us to kind of give it a listen to and give our thoughts. Uh, I look forward to how this project all kind of turns out. Um, I don't know if he's writing it for like a film or if he's writing it just for like his own, um, you know, album or whatever, but it's really good. And I can't wait to see what other tracks come out of it. Yeah. And each track has its own unique feel. Right. Absolutely. So it, it wasn't like a continuation of each one or each their own, uh, entity yeah exactly like when you're listening to i'm you're the enemy it sounds nothing like inner monologue or inner monologue doesn't sound like bottom of beauty and they're all very distinct pieces that like we said as we were listening to him last night it's like okay this is the part of the horror film that this is in and i would say like fuck your glass house being very carpenter-esque and how Mm -hmm. that's at the beginning of halloween i could see that being the beginning of the horror film uh, like where the killers made his first kill and then you're going to your credits and everything. So I, I just have to highly recommend it and, uh, you're not going to go wrong there. So I think that's going to do it for, for that part of it. Now we're going to talk about play pause kill. Uh, I don't know how much time we'll spend talking about this cause it's, it's one, it's, it's a little not fresh in my mind cause it's been a, a been a few days since we last watched it. Um, and I don't want to spoil much of anything when he actually releases it, whether it's on YouTube or through Prime or whatever distribution mm-hmm. system. But um, David's new new piece, I think it's gotten some indie film selections, and uh, I have to say it, it deserves it. Um, Play, Pause, Kill is kind of this uh, a romance story, but not really. <laughs> Not at all. Don't listen to him. <laughs> well, I mean, come on now. Uh, it there. There's ulterior motives uh, between the main characters. Uh, well, um, but it, it's uh, a really interesting piece. And again, like the thing that really sells this one for me is the score. Like the score for this was fantastic. And I don't know if it was the third or not, but whoever did it was spot on. Um, but it, it it's set up kind of like a mute, uh, meet cute. I'd play the trailer, but the trailer's in French uh, if there's any dialogue in the trailer. So it's not for an audio-only podcast. It's not beneficial to our audience. Not at all. Um, Unless you're French. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, But it's kind of about these two people, um, girl and, and guy, and it's kind of boy meets girl, boy goes out with girl. Hilarity ensues later on. Um, but it, the girls, that what you would call it. Well, I mean, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, oh. you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hilarious to someone. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I mean, she was smiling at the end of it. So, Good point. um, but she is, uh, the female is kind of like a, I think she's an aspiring like screenwriter cause she's trying to work on, uh, on a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And she's texting the guy and he's trying to give her ideas like, well, let's maybe do a horror film and I'll bring uh, I know what you did last summer, which uh, I know you weren't here for the me reading off his the questions and his responses uh, for the interview kind of that we did. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you did last summer is like his favorite horror film. And so that's the movie that he recommends uh, bringing over for her to watch. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little little touch on it and everything. 
Um, but again, like things just aren't what they seem. And I know I had one issue. Uh, you and I kind of talked about it uh, a while ago and, and I don't know if you can still kind of alleviate my, my concerns with it, but the point when the twist is happening, I mean, you can kind of see what's, what's going on, but I would feel like the person it's happening to would have. Maybe it was drunk. I, I I don't know. Like like I said, like maybe drunk. Like well, this, I don't know. And and that was my thing. Like the the whole thing of like the wine. I felt like the wine could have been drugged, but the problem being he brought the wine. He brought the wine, and unless he was, and this isn't like spoilers or trying to spoil too much of anything, but if the wine was meant to drug her, then maybe, but he drank the wine too. So it's not, I'm not clear exactly, but there's a point where you're like, as a man, as a man, you go, I would feel instant pain, instant pain. If somebody was doing that to me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, after I watched it, like the first thing I did was, I was just like, ow. (laughs) It, if any of our audience is familiar with the film Teeth, it makes Teeth look like child's play uh, for some particular scenes in Teeth. Uh, just just putting that out there. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, like I, I feel like he is g- definitely growing as a film director. Um, I think that this has shown a bit of an improvement from Mater and Inutero. And and what I also liked about this, too, because I know he's worked with um, I'm going to get her name wrong. I think it was Leia or Lena uh, who worked in Inutero and uh, Mater. Um, these are different actors. So it's him working with a different crew and, and seeing mm-hmm. and getting good performances out of both of those people. Um, the only thing is one kind of practical effect, which looks very fake, is kind of a negative but at the same time it's an indie indie uh produced piece like i'm not expecting like realistic realistic props or anything like that um so i i really enjoyed it i kind of wanted again like with him with mater and in utero i wanted more like i want to know more about these characters and the woman and like what her true intent because i think we we get it by the end but but I want to know more. I, I think that for as, as far as short films go, it closes the loop on the story. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely from where it starts to where it ends, you get a full story, but it's your it's your curiosity. Yeah. You want to know the true like the full motivations behind this and uh, why this character is doing these things. And because especially how it plays out like it does, it plays out kind of almost like as a a a romance film at the beginning of it. And then it completely shifts gears in midway. And it's a, it's a 14 minutes. So it's not super long or anything like that. It's about on average with what, uh, in utero and mater were individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I have to say like, give David like a full budget, give him a full crew, give him a big cast. And I want to see what he can do. Cause I, he's got a lot of creativity and I know, um, I don't know if, cause I know, Personally, since I follow him on Twitter and, and I've and, you know had conversations with him, I know he's kind of been going through a rough period relationship wise. Uh, I hope that's OK kind of talking about I'm not going to go into detail about it, but I know he's been going through a bit of a rough patch. And I feel like this kind of film is kind of a 
evidence of that in a sense. Like it's kind of him taking out some maybe personal frustrations, not in a bad way. Like it's, it's, it's in a very creative way and, and in a way that works, like it's a good piece, uh, objectively. And so I, I definitely, if this is a guy who can take these kind of personal dramas or, or pains and being able to turn it into a creative means of expression and putting out a good piece, like I want to see what this guy can do. I, I said it when we covered those two shorts in the past, I want to see him do a feature. I, I, I want to see it. I want it released out in theaters, whether it's independently produced or it's got a big studio behind it. I feel like you could get a really good horror film out of this guy. Um, so as for like a, a score for it, uh, probably four out of five. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of issue with it. I, I think a little bit of the problem I had was attention span just because like I was watching it and then I was like looking away and then, you know, subtitles with French kind of, you have to go make sure you're paying attention hundred percent. So I might, and this is just on me, I might've missed some things that would have been more explanatory for me that of like motivations or just hints of what the character's true intents were. Um, either, or like, I, I don't think the guy in this had necessarily ulterior, a good, Motives. I think he had an ulterior motive as well, um, but we don't get a full exploration of that. And that just could be me missing it from from having a little bit of a short attention span. I, I didn't see one. Right. But uh, again, like I, I, I can't complain much about this piece. I he did another short. Um, I don't know if you've watched it, but it's called Popcorn. Uh, I checked it out on YouTube, and that one does have uh, the girl from Mater and in Utero. It's very short. It's like two minutes long, and that was really good, too. For, for a two-minute piece, it's still very impressive as well. I recommend you guys go and check that out as well. Um, so what what do you land on? Uh, about the same. Yeah, four. Um, like, like we already said, the, the reaction didn't fit what was going on. Yeah. Um, that's a about the only thing and the only thing i can think of is like unless you're like a sadomasochist like extreme yeah that's the only thing that can come to my mind of like why you don't have that initial reaction or maybe you just don't have feeling at all that could be it could very well be i i mean i'm i don't know it, it's just it's such a such a weird moment uh to it, it just didn't seem to reflect well. And I think that's the only piece that I really have kind of like an issue with um, that I just, I can't reconcile. I can't rationalize that there, you know, isn't that just kind of gut reaction to it. So uh, hopefully David is going to be releasing this soon. Uh, so if you, in case you missed it during the time he was promoting it on Twitter, uh, you can catch it. Uh, I, I just have to recommend it. I would even like to see if, uh, cause of, you know, alter, if he could partner with alter at all and do some shorts with them. Cause like, I know that they're doing different directors, different movies. Uh, you know, it, it just, I, I would like to see that kind of partnership. Um, so that's all we got. We got to say about that. So now we're going to move into our review, and this is probably what will take up the most of our conversation here. Uh, seeing how well I can remember it, that, that's one thing because it has been a few weeks now since we've watched it. Uh, but Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So we're going to go ahead and play 
the trailer for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie. start with this one i think kevin smith has dirt on everyone (laughs) that's how he gets everyone into the movie well to be fair i think there is a a a line that even um ben affleck says in it like he has a heart attack so he guilts you all into doing this movie very true um so i don't know if it's necessarily a dirt thing but i i was impressed with every single cameo that's in the film uh I mean, you have Chris Hemsworth in there, uh, Fred Armisen, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon has a short bit. You got uh, Shannon Elizabeth back. Uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Uh, oh, God. Um, uh, Val Kilmer, Melissa Benos. Uh, you know, just that's just a few of them, you know, but. Vanderbeek, yeah, well, but but that was to be expected since, you know, they were in the first one and they played it. But um, I think one of the things I like most about this film, because I know guys you and I follow, uh, they watched the trailer back when it was originally released and 
they were, you know, like, oh, God, this again. Like, oh, he does this. And now he's doing this. And everything that they criticized him for, he made fun of himself for in this movie. And I, I think that that is a nice level of self-awareness, as we know some people have no self-awareness yeah. and are completely oblivious, uh, that it, it definitely endeared me to the movie more. Um because I didn't know how I was going to like this whole Jay and Silent Bob reboot idea. Um, and I think that this was possibly the best way to execute it. There are some things I didn't care for a whole lot. Like the really kind of low quality, bad Iron Man suit. Uh, I thought was a little stupid, but overall, I mean, like, and the low quality villain. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that was also, gosh, I don't know what the, how, how to say it right, but I, I don't think that there was supposed to really be a, a very well thought villain. No, you know, um, it was meant to just kind of hit these nostalgia moments and kind of points throughout his, uh, kind of universe his all of his films. Cause there are some really great moments when you have, uh, characters from Chase and Amy show up and some nice closure with how that that movie ends with Chase and Amy and uh, just these nice characters that we've we've seen, like even get Loki, you know, uh, in, in the nice little joke, like before Tom Hiddleston, Loki yeah. <laughs> is so, so good. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty well written. And uh, for some of the things that he's done that have been more going kind of back to the indie roots, because I think Saban Films is the one who distributed this or produced it. Um, they're hitting the indie market. They're not just doing Power Rangers anymore. Um, they're doing these kind of more independent films. I've watched a few and most of them have been fairly decent. So this is kind of a return back to it and a celebration of um, what got him to his big career. Uh, and I know a lot of people have some negative things to say about Kevin. And I know that they hate it when he puts his daughter in the film, he makes fun of that. Uh, you know, he, he does everything that you can criticize him for. He is self deprecating on. And I think like when you can do that and be at peace with it, you're for the better of it. Yeah. He, I mean, he pokes fun at himself and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, and he himself is in the movie as himself too. And which was not something I was really expecting. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and he completely trashes his himself. Like it, it is so much fun. And, and it's nice also seeing the kind of the return of these two characters. Like I've missed Jane Saint Bob. Now Jason Mew's not aging too well. Um, Actually, you could say Kevin Smith has been doing better than him on that after having the heart attack and losing all that weight. Um, Kevin looks great because uh, when I saw him in Lawrenceburg, he was still it was before the heart attack and everything. And he was still heavy. And that was also one of the best, like two hours of my life was sitting there and just listening to him talk like the man can talk. He has these crazy stories and it he can be influential on a level that just kind of blows me away. I think he's part of the impetus for wanting to get this podcast together and kind of go out and create my own thing and start at my own indie roots a little bit and do things that I want to do and not things that I have to do just to pay bills. Um, so I think regardless, like I, I know when we were out and I picked this up, like even I was kind of like, uh, do I want to spend the money on it? 
Uh, and then I was like, okay, whatever. It was part of a deal. And I'm actually happy I bought it. Like, I, I would recommend if you're a big Kevin Smith fan, uh, you like all of his movies, even Jersey Girl. <laughs> uh, this is one that you would want to own. I mean, and one thing I, I wanted to do before we watched it was rewatch the first one. But there's really no need to. No, uh, I mean, just knowing that they went to stop Blunt Man and Chronic trying to be from made uh, in the first one. That's really all you needed to know with this one and kind of some key characters. But you don't really need anything else. Uh, even not knowing like Dante. And that was one thing I did miss was not having Randall yeah, at least show up. Um, but I I'm excited because like. I know he's working on Clerks 3, or, well, he's been working on a lot of things for years. He's been working on Mallrats and uh, Clerks 3. For Moose he- Jaws. Moose Jaws, which I don't know will ever get made. But uh, I'm seeing that this kind of level of care and self-deprecation and having such a good reaction to this film makes me more comfortable with how Clerks 3 will turn out, and even with the uh, Mallrats sequel. Um and we get a little bit of a kind of peek of how maybe mall rats will go because mm-hmm. they go back to the mall and uh, and they visit Brody and you can see the malls like trashed and graffitied and because I mean that's kind of the state of malls in the country right now. Oh, definitely. Uh, so I kind of want to see where that's going. Um, you do get a nice touching kind of tribute to Stan Lee at the credits because um, I think he had intent for Stan Lee to come back for a short cameo. But he well, passed. Apparently, he had a bigger role written for him, so I don't know what that entails. But. Right. I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised either because he had such a good relationship with Stan after doing Mallrats. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I – but it's a nice little tribute of you know him interviewing him out at Comic-Con on the IMDb boat or something and nice little fun jokes that they throw out there. So they could still kind of get him in the movie, uh, which was really nice. And, uh, you know, the daughter angle, which I wasn't like – I, I do. I don't really like this trope of like characters like having hooked up with someone, then they come back 15 years later and they have a kid with with that person. And then it becomes this whole I was never a father or anything. Uh, no. How do I be a father? But it with Jay being the type of character he is and with what how Kevin wrote this, it was very enjoyable. Um, it, it was, was better than I thought it was. Exactly. And I kind of liked because, like, you know, part of the kind of problem with film and media right now is them, you know, gender swapping and uh, race bending like characters to kind of fit some type of agenda. We ca- we kind of have that in this with with his daughter and and her friend, but it works in this sense. Like it's it's not something that feels forced because we now have a kind of younger version of Jay and Silent Bob. It just happens to be two young girls. Um, and I, and I thought it worked very well and they have a nice crew of characters in that as well. Um, and kind of also on the nose being like the whole gender bending thing is like they make, um, is it chronic? Yeah. Yeah. Chronic. They make into a woman in this for, for the reboot. If I'm, if I'm right. Uh, do I have it wrong? Cause I'm pretty sure blunt man, blunt man is, is Jay. Yeah. 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 Cause he's kind of the Batman character. And then yeah. Chronic Chronic is the Superman one. Don't don't make me doubt myself on my my Jay and Silent Bob knowledge. Um, 
So, and then of course, you know, you have Val Kilmer play the blunt man version. And I, I thought that was kind of, kind of fun as well. But one, one mechanic in this movie that they added that I wasn't a huge fan of was, um, um, silent Bob texting. Cause it was too over the top for what ended up coming out. Like he's tapping away. Mm-hmm. So you expect words or I kind of expected like Siri to speak or something like that. Um, but then it was just an emoji after four or five seconds of him tapping away on his keyboard. That was the intent, I guess. I, Maybe it, it's a small it thing. To, yeah. It, it, it happened too many times. And, um, but yeah, the, the cameos are all really funny in this. It's, it's, it is just kind of a fun, enjoyable movie to turn your brain off on. And, uh, I think a good follow up on revisiting the kind of view askew universe, uh, and kind of revisiting these friends, you know, that's, that's how I view them. I've watched these movies so many times. I know these characters very well that they kind of, and they've been around for me since like high school. Cause that was when I first watched clerks. Now, did I introduce you to clerks? Possibly. I, yeah. I couldn't remember. I know I introduced someone from high school to clerks for the first time, but I couldn't remember if I introduced you to, Probably wasn't me. Well, I know, no, no, not you. I know specifically in that case, it was uh, a, not even a senior. He actually had graduated from high school at that time. And then a freshman from Taylor, uh, I introduced him, but I couldn't remember if I introduced you to Kevin Smith at all. Um, but you've been to a store in Red Bank. Um, yep. So how's that store? Oh, I like it. Yeah. I, it's fun. I mean, it's gimmicky, but it's fun. I mean, especially you were there. You, I mean, you've been there since they were doing comic book men, right? Uh, it would have been like towards the end of comic book men. But I mean, I, well, you did you guys go see yoga hosers there? You and Izzy? We went and saw. Yeah, we went and saw yoga hosers. That would have been around. In, they in were Jersey. still. Yeah. I mean, like they weren't probably filming at that time, but it was during during the run of it. I can't remember when it got canceled on AMC, but. Um, and even they have a nice little cameo in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just an enjoyable film. Um, it's kind of I know the review of it's been all over the place, but plot wise, like there's there's not much plot except that, like, you know, they have the thing at the beginning where they were um, they get arrested and they have Saban films kind of represent them in it. They get them off of that charge. But they had him sign a contract to say that they own the names Jay and Silent Bob, which never ended up playing too big of a part of a role in the film. It did towards the beginning. Yeah, the beginning. But then like when they were just trying to like get places. And <laughs> right. When they're trying to get their their plane tickets oh, yeah. and uh, with Molly Shannon, who was fantastic. Too fat to fly. <laughs> which is a nice reference to <laughs> South by Southwest or not South by Southwest, but uh, Southwest Airlines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kicking him off the plane for being too fat to fly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it 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 didn't play a whole big factor in the rest of the movie. I yeah. mean, once they got into like the their version of Uber uh, with Fred Armisen, uh, who was really funny in this movie. He's very small role. Is it Mer- Merkins? Merkins. Uh, well, not only that, like <laughs> the the hater tots. Yes. <laughs> and then he's throwing the hater tots on the top of the van, and it's just hilarious. It's very well done. So, and then especially the group that ended up liking the, the white nationalists, but then having also the little like 
oven toaster in his car to heat the tater tots up. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. This movie was just really enjoyable and I had a good time with it. And I think you guys would too. Uh, I know it's currently streaming on prime for free now. Um, which like at the time, had I not bought this movie beforehand, we probably still haven't watched it yet. Uh, maybe I might have on my own, at least I might've watched it, but, uh, I did kind of like kick myself in the butt a little bit. I'm like, God, God damn it. Of course, of course it would. But then I'm like, eh, but I really want to own it too. So, uh, I mean, I've done that actually with Hobbs and Shaw, which I know you have really no desire to watch. Um, I wanted to pick it up. I wanted to go see it in theaters and I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. I wanted to pick it up, but I also was like, I don't know. It could be really bad. Well, thankfully for having HBO with my Amazon uh, channels, uh, it's up there now. And I watched it last night. I'm like, yeah, this is one I'm going to have to buy at some mm-hmm. point. Um, so uh, for kind of a final score of it all, I think uh, I don't want to give it a perfect score because I did have some issues with it. Um, I think I'm going to land on a four or a 4.5. That's generous. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're, you're going, I, I'd probably say again, 3.5. It was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. Like the ending was pretty garbage. <laughs> yeah. The you villain, know, the villain was terrible. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's like I said, it's kind of a, a, a nostalgia factor in the sense of like, I've watched these movies so many times. They've been so instrumental in like my love of film, like because they they're made by a guy who loves film as much as I do. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, he gets criticized for it for as much as like he likes the, the star Wars sequel trilogy and other people are hating on it. Or he likes every single Marvel movie because he's a comic book guy. Uh, I feel a lot of what, I like about film and and pop culture is what Kevin Smith is like. So I feel probably a deeper connection now, not so much the weed and all that stuff, but weed, man. man. But, um, it's just one of these things where it's like, I, I can't help not looking at it through rose colored glasses, uh, and, watching Chase and Amy a thousand times, watching Jay and Silent Bob, Mallrats, all of them, uh, even though I don't own all of them, I would like to kind of see him return to serious horror, like, because Red State was so good, although I wish he would have gone with his original ending versus what we actually got. Um, Tusk was... Uh, Tusk was a little bit different. Uh, I don't think it balanced the comedy and the seriousness really well. Um... I think it was good. Uh, and Mark Michael Parks was fantastic oh in it. Oh my gosh! Uh, and the effects for the walrus suit were really good. But mm-hmm. I, I just, it, it, I had some issues with it. And um, so, and then Yoga Hosers went like so far in the comedy direction that it didn't have a really good tone. And uh, so, this feels kind of almost a return to normal. Like to his normal comedy and sense and ridiculousness, yeah. Uh, that I, I really appreciated. And Clerks and Clerks Two, of course, are like two of my favorites. Dogma is amazing. Um, and I know you don't like Jersey Girl, but I, I, I like the the reason for Jersey Girl. He wrote it for his daughter. It's about having a daughter, so I, I can kind of appreciate where he's coming from. Plus, he has George Carlton. Uh, George Carlin in it, which was really fun too. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to really say about it. Do you have any final thoughts? 
even though I I didn't rate it nearly as high, it's it's an enjoyable well, movie. I, and I mean, just the cameos alone make it pretty fun. Right, right. It's just like one of those movies that you don't have to, if you're, if you're kind of depressed by kind of the news that's going on right now or how things are, like you're stuck at home and you're going crazy. If you just want to have a fun laugh uh, at a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, is just there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that will give you kind of a stress relief i think and it just it's good to just laugh at stupid stuff and in a time where like a lot of the comedy now is just kind of like trash yeah 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 so the comedy in this is like actually fun yeah it doesn't it doesn't harp too much on the weed as as much as it looks like it does in the trailer right right it's it's kind of like only three distinct points it's the beginning when they get in the car and they ha- and then when they have their kind of thing with Method Man, Red Man, and then a little bit at the end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not really kind of focused on the weed man type perspective, but it, it is just an enjoyable film. It's it's not a family film by any means, but it's just like uh, if you've got a group of buddies or, or something like that, or if you do a watch party over Skype that you guys could all enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, during during what is objectively right now a very stressful time for a lot of people uh that just need to just laugh and and like we said there's not a whole lot of good comedy out there right now not once at least in the sense of that they're not trying to push something they're not trying to push certain actors or narratives or they're just not written by funny people at least kevin smith as much as you want to criticize him he can be funny like, he can also be really bad, but with most comics or comedians, they have good material and they have bad material. We've had a mixture of that with Kevin Smith's stuff, and I think that this is – there's more good in the film than there is bad. Definitely. It's not like a you have to see this right now unless, like, you're like me and you're a diehard Kevin Smith fan. You want to own all of his movies. Like, even Zack and Miri make a porno. That's not one of my favorite movies. I'd rather watch Cop Out over Zack and Miri. Yeah, and Cop Out wasn't – I don't know. I enjoyed it, but it, I, it was enjoyable, but it's definitely not his best work. No. And and it's one he didn't write. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that with when it's projects he works on and that's one thing, like, I, I have to appreciate whether it or not it's a good film or if it's I didn't really enjoy it. Like Yoga Hosers, he wrote it. So, like, it's all his. He owns it. Like, yeah, people help finance it, but it, it's his piece. So I can't go like. Yeah, I don't like this Kevin Smith movie because he directed it poorly. It's just like, oh, yeah, I didn't. The writing wasn't for me. You know, it's it's not like I can put the blame on someone else um, with some of those other projects. And and Zach and Mary just I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan in general. Uh, so it just didn't it didn't fire on those cylinders for me. So mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite directors. I think he's also genuinely a good guy. Like I, I don't he's never been one who's kind of. I think talks out of place or tries to assert he's smarter than anyone or he knows better than anyone. He just wants to have fun and make movies and have a good time with it. So yeah, he definitely did that with this. Absolutely. Like it it was just, and I think that was the intent was, it was just a, let's have some nostalgia. Let's have some fun. 
We're not going to take it too seriously. And I'm going to make fun of myself so much with everything that everybody criticizes me for and have a good time with it. Um, and then he goes home and cries. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. But he cries and he wipes his tears with money. Oh. So, you know, that's that's different when we cry, you know, every night in our dark corners. So, um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for the podcast. Um and we will check you out next time.